how I feel right now. <laughs> you feel sweaty before we hit record. A little bit, just in my palms, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just in palms. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to dive in because I just hit record. I had to capture these moments right away. Without further ado, welcome to another episode of Uncorked. I am Steph here with Everett, and we have a very special podcast coming at you today because you have a documentary about to go live on CBC, and I wanted to get the inside scoop, the behind the scenes of what went into this project. And as per all podcasts on Uncorked, I just care about you as a human. And I want to know about what makes you sweaty on be it podcasts or out planting trees. And I'm really grateful for your time. So thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's just dive in. You have a documentary coming out on CBC about your experience planting a lot of trees. So the, the documentary is called One Million Trees, um, but bef- not to get confused, I've planted closer to half a million trees personally. So the documentary really is a- about the experience and what it takes to plant a million trees. And yeah, that's not me personally, but uh, you know, I just have just enough experience to be the one asking the questions for these other people. So. Wow. And this began seven years ago, you said? That's when the, the, uh, I first had the idea, yeah, in my, in my first season planting. And we started just by, I had a friend of mine and I would pay for his gas to drive, you know, 12 hours out to the, into the bush and, and join us for a couple of days and film. From there, we accumulated a bunch of footage to make like a demo. And when I had the chance to pitch it to CBC, that was the footage we used. And, and then it's history from there, pretty much. Gosh, okay, but we need to get back into this. So seven years ago, you started planting. Where were you planting and how the heck did you choose to plant trees or spend your time? I like to say that we exchange our days for, you know, a vocation or perhaps a hobby, um, but you traded some days for trees. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's, I often wonder about that question too, of, of how I got into this, but it was just some people I met um, on commercial drive. I talked to them very briefly. They told me they made they made 15 grand in three months in the bush by planting trees. And at the time I was, had just finished film school. I had some, some student loans to pay off and it seemed like it seemed better than maybe working in the oil rigs or something. Right. So that was, that was the, yeah, the way it went down, I guess. Yeah. Where it was home for you. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Ontario, like small town, Ontario near Kitchener, Waterloo. It's called Plattsville. (laughs) Plattsville. Okay. I grew up in Ontario as well in a small town called Aurora. So oh yeah. It's nearby. Nearby. Yeah. 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 Um, but you mentioned oil rigs. So I was like, you obviously went or oil, um, you were in Alberta planting. Yeah. Why Alberta? I think that just living in BC, as far as tree planting goes, that's kind of the the first step in. In Alberta, the terrain is, is mostly flat. It's mostly muddy. Whereas in BC, we have a lot of mountainous areas and, and a lot more just dangerous kind of obstacles and stuff for people to be dealing with. So usually BC is planted kind of by more experienced people. And then as you go east, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, these places are more for the rookies to start out on. 
Got it. So you were a rookie planter and you took to the rookie terrain to exactly. start planting a lot of trees. Exactly. Got it. I want to know, I was going to say three things, but it might not be three things. I just want to know what we don't know about tree planting. What's the best part, the hardest part? What are the unknowns that are like not, not obvious? And I mean, nothing's really obvious other than you live in the bush and you're planting trees to me. Tell me more. Yeah, I think I probably have too many answers for this question. So I'll just start that. I think one big thing is, is in Canada, almost everyone knows a tree planter. And I think we often have this association of kind of like hippies or, um, you know, maybe that these people are weirdos. They don't really like fit into society or maybe there's some negative connotations about the lifestyle. But I think the reality is that tree planters are really impressive people and in my experiences interviewing them and, and all this is is that there's no two tree planters the same there's you know i met people who tree plant and they're also becoming a lawyer or a tree planter who is also a model tree planters that are triathletes these kinds of things the next thing i think is the most misunderstood is probably just the nuances when it comes to environmentalism which is that in canada tree planting is a part of our logging industry our government mandates that whenever forests are logged, a percentage of that has to be replanted. And so this job that all these Canadians are taking up every year, it's a great thing we're putting trees back, but we're putting them back on land, which belongs to forestry companies and paper companies. And so the intention is that in 60 years, these trees will be logged again and it's it's cyclical. Maybe some people compare it to long-term farming, but the, the discussion is a lot more nuanced than the idea of planting trees to help the environment. Mm. which is not to say it doesn't, it's just a complicated conversation. Got it. I think the third, something else that's misunderstood is, let's see, I think what's misunderstood is, is how skilled some of these laborers are and how intense and professional this job can be. Mm. On the coast in Vancouver Island, you have people who, you know, in their 40s and 50s who've been doing this 25 years plus, and those types of people will take, you know, some often they're living on a barge, they take a boat to a helicopter pad, the helicopter drops them off at the top of a mountain, and they're all alone with a satellite phone just planting their way down a mountain for the day. And so the logistics involved in that, and the safety precautions, and it's it's a whole mess, but it takes a lot of skill and planning, and, and these are really professional people, so. Wow. I mean, you've just said so much, no two birds, no two stones, no two tree planters are alike and how wrong of us to dare compare no two lawyers, no two models, no two triathletes. And that is so well said. And now is there a season for planting trees? So can you only do it for a certain period of time or can people do this year round? Yes, there is a season and generally trees are best planted in the spring. So the the bulk of tree planting in Canada goes from May to the end of July, but on Vancouver Island in temperate areas, you know, in Southern BC as well in Quebec that just regionally you can plant trees about nine months of the year if you're willing to travel. So mm. in February, you might be able to plant on Vancouver Island, but then in August, you know, you might have to be in Ontario or Quebec to get work. So there are Got people it. who do that. Okay. Got yeah. it. Um, you shared a little bit before we hit record about the perspectives of people you met tree planting and how it helped to change your perspective. 
And I want to know what that shift was, what that change was. Yeah, that, that change is so significant. I think in my life, it's hard to even estimate how much it's affected me. I think being 20 years old, growing up in Southern Ontario, I had no idea that people lived this way. Uh, you know, tree planters, at the end of your season, it's seasonal work, so you're unemployed in July or August, and you have a bunch of money in your bank account. So people will take that money and travel for the rest of the year. They'll go on employment insurance in Canada and, and do other projects. They'll use that money to pay off their tuition in school. And there's just a, a bunch of people who were going about life in a way that, that you know, my parents might have said to not go down that path, but they were enjoying themselves. And, and there's just such a I think I met so many people that had so much passion and, and like joy of, of life or living. Mm. And that kind of made me realize that maybe I don't need to have a nine to five job or a salary and a career. Maybe I can figure it out a little bit as I go and follow my heart a little bit more. Gosh, I mean, that makes my heart sing because what if the whole purpose of life is to live a good life and you know, if we're breaking down the norm of what is a career and or what is nine to five, I mean, 2020 is doing a good job of that for us. <laughs> and yet experiences are what really contribute to these things. So you shared that seven years ago, you began tree planting. And yet for the last three years, you haven't been planting. So how have you taken what you've learned planting trees into the last three years? And, and perhaps what you have sort of tucked in your heart for ongoing Everett? Hmm. Yeah, I think the wonderful thing about tree planting is that it resets your tolerance levels. Mm. Um, sometimes I'll hear people in Vancouver complaining about the mosquitoes at night and I just can't help but laugh, you know, or uh, long hours on a film set, you know, seems like nothing compared to planting 4,000 trees in a day. So I think my thresholds have all been raised. It's It's given me a little more grit and a little more determination to see things through because I've I've realized through tree planting that every hard day does come to an end and and you you know yeah oh beautiful how have you spent the last three years the last three years for me I've been in Vancouver I've been working on a variety of, of uh, video projects for work as well as passion projects a documentary I made before this in 2018 was called keep it in the streets and it was kind of like a humans of New York experimental documentary where we interviewed like I think it was around 400 strangers in the streets of Vancouver that was like a evenings and weekends project so little things like that music videos as well and uh, working with self-hired on on pretty much everything that comes through the door video wise with them so yeah amazing the Corvico is really obsessed we're passionate about goals and we're passionate about goals because we see it as a Google map. And it's like, you can go anywhere you want in the world. We truly believe it. And the goal is the destination. And the beautiful thing with a Google map is it gives you many different options. You can take the bus, you can take a car, you can ride your bike. And it's just like, there's different paths to get to the goal. And the goal matters because it's helpful to know the end destination. But if you ride your bike, you might see different things. And if you fly, then it will be shorter and faster if that's what you're into. So I want to know about the goals that light you up or the things that are of interest to you. And I wanted to give you that preamble so that you know there's no judgment and only excitement. And I'm curious as to the mode of transportation, proverbially, of course, that you would like to take to get there. 
is there like one goal? Well, first of all, we have a Corker Co. 100 right now, which is one goal that you're committed to finishing by the end of 2020. So I want to hear one goal you're committed to by the end of 2020, and then another goal, and it can be a one-year or a 10-year goal, just whatever strikes your heart. Okay, this I do this one. This is a tough one. I think in a lot of ways, I'm in a weird limbo state where we've we've gotten to the end of our filming, and so a lot of my goals for this year, we we had just hit them um, by finishing the documentary, by getting our press run out, and and doing this is this is one of my goals for 2020 right here. Yeah, anybody um, listening that wants to have Everett on his podcast, so far I'm not his favorite host yet, so maybe you can be. <laughs> we're only uh, we're only a few minutes in, right? So there's lots of time. There's still time. I've got potential. Yeah. Potential. <laughs> <laughs> I think my goals for 2020. Well, to be honest, my my biggest goal might as well get ambitious with it. Is yeah. is that I want to take this and I want to turn it into basically a series. For me, I think of this almost as like a pilot episode for what we could do in the future. And so I hope by the end of 2020 that we have some kind of lead. We have somebody who wants to help us make that happen or or pre-production is in the works and that kind of thing. Amazing. Okay, the story of trees. Yeah, and even bigger. I, I want to go across Canada. I want to uh, touch every province. You know, Justin Trudeau just made a big campaign promise or, or whatever it was to plant 2 billion trees across Canada. Mm. And so I want to really dig in and see what that means on a, on a ground level. Mm. Do you yeah. think he's ever planted a tree? <laughs> that's, a, that's a really great question. I, I wonder if, you know, probably for a for show. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So 2020, you have it locked and it's not without a lot of effort that's taken you to this point, which is now, how do you continue to share and showcase a really cool documentary that you have put many years in? And it's a great reminder that we see this now and it's been years of work and dreaming and not only work, but you know, a desire to keep planting that gave you footage to, to create this. And now it's, it's what's next. I want to know, you touched on this a little bit, but I want to know how tree planting has impacted other areas of your life. I know there's mosquitoes and I know, you know, there's long film days, but, but what else? What else about your perspective around career or relationships, friendships? I think the, the greatest, one of the best parts of tree planting for me is the way that the pay structure work is that it's piece rate. So you get paid for the work that you do. Mm. And I think that has meant a lot to me I think that's been a big lesson is that I don't want to be my, I don't want my value measured by the hours that I contribute or, or, you know, yeah, even by the hours I contribute versus how hard I work and, and how intentionally and, and like what I actually produce myself. And so I think it's, it's made me take a much more like accountable and being responsible for my own contributions Mm. Um, outlook on things I think oh gosh I love that I'm so obsessed with us being responsible for our contribution because I feel like we are in a society that is so excellent at consuming and when we consume we're so critical because it's not ours and we don't have any um, we feel like we don't have any responsibility because you did this so I'm going to be critical of what you have done designed developed put in the world uh, and as quickly as I am to critique, you know, be it a meal or art, I haven't done it. I didn't make you dinner. I didn't make that art. And so I'm so often in the conversation and I struggle, no, I struggle with folks that want to consume without generating. And so 
I love that idea of being responsible for your contribution. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember like working, you know, in hourly wage jobs, you know, say in high school or something. And the part of the day I'd look forward to is when there was no customers and I could just slack off and and I was getting paid just to be there. Mm -hmm. And now in my mind, that's like, uh, my one of my like fears as a career to 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 be in a job where I just waste time in order for my hourly wage to stack up you know like that that sounds so horrible now sacrilege yeah yeah you don't get paid if you don't plant a tree exactly yeah Everett I want to know your wish for the world right now oh my gosh my wish for I've there's there's yes there's a lot I wish for the world right now I wish I wish that that we can have a little more empathy with each other. It's, it seems like we are in such a crazy and important time. It seems like we're we're letting the media get the best of us. I think there's, we have a we always have a lot more in common than we have in differences, and, and we just have to remember that and and remember that you know whatever you vote for, you're still a, just one human at the end of the day, or you know these kinds of timeless, maybe cheesy lessons, but it's. It seems like we're not seeing that these days. And I think it's really sad. Yeah. I just want to asterisk. You gave me goosebumps. There's nothing cheesy anymore. You know, I'm like, this inspo quote is like someone's heart and soul right now. And like we used to, or I would flip through Instagram and see these inspo quotes. And I'm like, sometimes they're what I hang on to for the day. And when you really live in a place that needs empathy or you're, you know, needing compassion, you're like, no, this is real. Like we are all humans out here right now. And I feel like we've lost that sense of humanity together. And, you know, since living in the woods, as I shared with you, I have a new relationship with nature. I forage mushrooms and I grow kale and I mean, I'm not planting trees, <laughs> but you appreciate what grows. And I'm like, wait a minute, how am I translating that to areas of my life that aren't in the dirt? <laughs> And I, 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 I wish I could be a tree planter. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's still time in this lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I think anyone can plant trees. But as we were saying, my love of monotony, I just bow to your ability to find joy in the monotony. Um, and it actually sounds like you thrived and it, it wasn't hard to find that joy. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's something about that I got with tree planting that I think the whole world's going through right now is, is a lot of time alone a lot of time to think and just space. I mean, I think it was a good thing for me while I was planting. And so I would hope that as, as, a, as a country and as a globally, we, that we can learn some of those lessons about just appreciating what we have and where we are and considering others and, and these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know just a couple of last questions. Did you have any stimulation? Like, were you listening to things or do you talk to people? Like what happens when you're tree planting? You mentioned you were alone. Are you really alone? Yeah, you're like, sometimes you are around other people, but the majority of the time you are very, very alone, you know, in the middle of a vast open landscape. So I definitely would, would bring some music, some podcasts. I would have like a little Bluetooth speaker that I would throw in my back pocket and uh, you know that would have to be replaced pretty much every other rainy day or or when you a muddy shovel gets thrown in there or something not a lot of technology survives in the bush but but yeah you 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 do what you can but I did enjoy the silence you know it's it was actually amazing like when you turn this the music off how loud the birds are you know out there it's like 
constant chatter of birds and you you don't you know it's not really quiet yeah even though you're way out there yeah so there, there are things to listen to oh i'm really obsessed with this book right now jay shetty's book think like a monk i've just finished it and there's so much about i mean i don't think i could be a monk uh, a nun i'm not quite there but there's a lot about their lives that are, is very inspiring from gratitude and rolling over on the dirt to say thank you every morning. And yeah, I, I wonder not that you are or ever envisioned to be a monk, but I wonder where you draw parallels or inspiration from to continue that lifestyle in a very busy, loud world that you can't always hear the birds in. Yeah. I think a lot of people that I interviewed can back this up the idea that it's that it's a meditative experience that all the, the time and the thinking and so I think what I've learned now is to I think of this time alone and this time working the monotonous activity and I think about flow state mm -hmm. and now I think I think I'm more intentional about trying to get into that space of, of a flow like whether I'm skateboarding in the city or like filming operating a camera type of thing I think I I I try to bring myself back to that mindset where I was just planting tree after tree out there. Yeah. Digging. I'm going to yeah. call you the digger. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, time passes so quickly. I know you're speaking to so many people and I'm grateful that we have some airtime and that we get to get behind this with you and help share. Um, the details will be in the show notes. We will make sure to have our listeners, our friends, check it out online on November 6th and on TV on November 7th. We wrap every podcast with one question, and that is, what is currently making your heart beat faster? These days, it's it's these conversations and this press run. I'm not used to. I'm used to being on the other side of the camera. So, this experience of putting myself out there and and being the face and talking that is uh, extremely nerve wracking for me. But it's exciting, and I, I feel like I'm learning as I go. So, yeah, that'd be it. You're nailing it. I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm honored that we got to connect and I'm stoked to connect. You're my first tree planter in real life. So thanks for the inspo. Awesome. I'm stoked too. I hope one day we can get out there and plant a tree. Okay. I'll plant one, but like 4,000 in a day just sounds like blisters waiting no, to happen. I, I think as soon as you plant one, it makes you a tree planter, right? Okay. I like yeah. that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you should come to my cabin in the woods and we can plant back here. I'd love to. <laughs> Wonderful. Have a good day. Thank you. You too.